Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Emily's Book Club. For any new listeners, my name is Emily Burgess, and I'm an 18-year-old high school senior based in upstate New York. When I'm not doing schoolwork or dancing ballet, I love to read books, so this podcast is a wonderful excuse for me to talk about something I love with people I love. Today, I'm actually coming at you with a bonus solo episode. I've recently been accumulating my summer book list and thought I'd dive into some of my selections with you today. Last summer, I read 11 books, and I've included some of those in the crop, as well as some of my all-time favorites, and some that I'm looking forward to reading this summer. As large of a role reading has in my life, music is just as important, so for each novel, I've included a song that I think fits the vibe of the book. You'll have to read them and tell me if you agree with my selection. Without further ado, let's get to my summer books as a playlist. So my first book is one that we've discussed on the pod before, and one that we all know and love, All Girls by Emily Layden. All Girls follows a year in the eyes of nine female boarding school students as their school, Atwater, mitigates a growing sexual assault scandal. The book tackles such important themes, including mental health, betrayal, accountability, and so many other things that have caused All Girls to take up so much space in my heart. For all girls, I've paired the song, It's Time to Go, which is a bonus track on Taylor Swift's album, Evermore. Here's a fragment of the song. That old familiar body ache, the snaps from the same little breaks in your soul. You know when it's time to go. song, Taylor describes different experiences being spoiled, such as, quote, when the words of a sister come back in whispers that prove she was not, in fact, what she seemed, not a twin from your dreams, she's a crook who was caught, end quote. I think that this very sentiment that Taylor describes here is so prevalent throughout Emily Layden's book as the nine girls that the novel focuses on are so deeply disappointed that the institution they trusted Um, because it's not what it seems. So I think both songs, or not both songs, both the book and the song share the same sentiment and are both incredible pieces of work in their own way. So that's why I think that you should crank up the T-Swift this summer and grab your copy of All Girls along with it. All right, so up next is a book that's on my to-be-read list for this summer, John Steinbeck's East of Eden. So I haven't read this and I don't want to spoil it for myself, but the light synopsis is as follows. Quote, in his journal, Nobel Prize winner John Steinbeck called East of Eden the first book. And indeed, it has the primordial power and simplicity of myth. Set in the rich farmland of California's Salinas Valley, this sprawling and often brutal novel follows the intertwined destinies of two families, the Trasks, and the Hamiltons, whose generations helplessly reenact the fall of Adam and Eve in the poisonous rivalry of Cain and Abel, end quote. For East of Eden, I selected Fiona Apple's I Want You to Love Me off of her masterful album, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Here's a preview. That, and by that time, I hope that you 
So first off, I just want to say that I could not be a bigger fan of this song. I think that it is so beautiful and cool and weird. And I think that it matches up with this story so well. Um, I may not have read East of Eden yet, but I am familiar with the jealousy that's riddled throughout Cain and Abel and is also seen in the repetition of the phrase, I want and I want you to love me. Um, this song also has a really unique tone to it that I love that I think will complement the book really well. And for a last ditch promotion of East of Eden, um, for any Cham Emma Chamberlain fans out there like myself, she recently recommended this book. So that's just an added bonus. My next summer book selection brings us back to more modern stories. It's The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. I read this last summer and really have not been able to stop talking about it since, which is my experience with a lot of books. I think that Wolitzer so beautifully writes human emotion and relationships. Um, I picked up on that as well in her The Female Persuasion, which I'll give as a bonus recommendation. Um, and despite the fact that The Interestings is 538 pages, I truly enjoyed every second I spent reading it and I fell in love with the characters so quickly and so deeply. Um, particularly the character Ethan. I think he's so well-written, probably one of my favorite book characters ever. Um, the Interestings follows the stories of six friends that meet as teenagers at a summer camp for the arts and describes the way their relationships wax and wane throughout adulthood. For this novel, I selected Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers to accompany it. Here's a snippet of the song. I think that this song perfectly captures the mood of the novel, but the lighthearted antics Phoebe describes in some of the lyrics, such as her story about visiting a 7-Eleven on her day off, match up perfectly with the adventures of the adolescents earlier in the book. In the more serious lyrics, such as, quote, I wanted to see the world through your eyes until it happens, match with the more serious conflicts that the characters address in adulthood. Um, I couldn't recommend either this song or this book more, and I think that it will be a really powerful pairing. I wish I could go back and read The Interestings for the first time and play Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers along with it, but I'll just do you all the favor by telling you to do so. Okay, now I'm coming at you with a classic book that any friend of mine or the pod could have seen coming, The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. I know that there is probably a perpetual eye roll happening for every listener that's listened to any other episode because I spend at least two minutes talking about this book in every episode but it is my favorite book of all time and I could talk about it for hours so if you want to I'm always available to do so um I actually read this book in the winter I think it was probably late January early February um but despite its heavy material and the time that I originally read it I think that the 207 page length, which is not a lot at all, especially um, it goes by pretty quickly, I will say, makes this a summer read or a beach read. And I think that it's definitely doable for this summer. And if you have extra time on your hands, pick up a copy of this book or any Toni Morrison book. 
Um, the novel follows the protagonist, Piccola, who is a black girl that desperately wants blue eyes. That being said, my selection for this book is Jealousy, Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, and I don't think that this should come as a surprise. Here's a sample of the song. Care. I know that beauty's not my lack, but it feels like that weight is on my back, and I can't let it go. Come comparison is killing me slowly. I think I think too much about kids who don't know me. I'm so sick of myself. Rather be, rather be. So Jealousy, Jealousy is about the feelings of inadequacy that accompany life as a teenage girl, but also life on the internet as a whole. And I think that it's a pretty linear progression from the way Piccola wants blue eyes to the feelings that Olivia describes um, accompanying life on the internet, which can come in the form of constantly comparing oneself to people who will always have more or always look better. Um, I think I'm making this theme sound really dark, but I do think that this is a good season to read it and get into it. Um, and I do promise that it's worth investigating. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison and Jealousy, Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo. The next book on my to-be-read list for the summer is Other People's Children by R.J. Hoffman. Now, since I haven't read this, here's the book jacket summary. Quote, what makes a family? Gail and John Durbin moved to the Chicago suburbs to set up a house as soon as Gail got pregnant, but then she miscarried once, twice, three times. Determined to expand their family, the Durbins turned to adoption. When several adoptions fall through, Gail's desire for a child overwhelms her. Carly is a pregnant teenager from a blue collar town nearby with dreams of going to college and getting out of her mother's home. When she makes the gut-wrenching decision to give her baby up for adoption, she chooses the Durbins. But Carly's mother, Marla, has other plans for her grandbaby. In other people's children, three mothers make excruciating choices to protect their families and their dreams, choices that put them at decided odds against one another. You will root for each one of them and wonder just how far you'd go in the same situation. This riveting debut is a thoughtful exploration of love and family and a heart pounding page turner you'll find impossible to put down." End quote. For this book, I've preemptively selected The Adults Are Talking by The Strokes for this book's assumed relationships between the adult women. Check out the song now. probably my most anticipated read for the summer because when I 
am looking to call a book good or see if I'm interested in it, the first thing I look at or investigate are the relationships between the characters. I think that that's what makes a novel. Um, and I'm really, really excited to read about or read a book in which the relationships that comprise the plot are predominantly female. I'm super pumped. You will catch me reading this. I think I'm going to start it tomorrow. So maybe I'll update you guys on what I think. And I can't wait to see if my song prediction that accompanies it is correct. The penultimate summer selection is The Silence of the Girls by Pat Barker. I just read this, and despite the fact that it is out of my wheelhouse, I truly loved it and would recommend it to anyone. The novel retells the story of the Iliad from the female perspective, through the eyes of Brysis, the Trojan queen typically erased from the narrative. Now, knowing its classical derivation, you might be puzzled by the song I paired with this novel, Do It by Chloe and Halley. Check it out. I'm just with the crew. We're out here looking for boo. Cause some nights be better with you. It's a hope we saw me kind of mood. And tonight we on a hundred. One hundred. No drop off, no baby. My boss keepin' it cute. Retelling of the Iliad from the female perspective is such an empowering thing, and when I listen to the song by Chloe and Hallie, I'm at my most empowered. The silence of the girls and Chloe and Hallie's music are both summer must-haves for me, and I would recommend them to anyone. All right, we've reached my last summer pick, The Music of the Bees by Eileen Garvin. This is another one on my to-be-read list, so here's the jacket synopsis. 44-year-old Alice Holtzman is stuck in a dead-end job, bereft of family, and now reeling from the unexpected death of her husband. Alice has begun having panic attacks whenever she thinks about how her life hasn't turned out the way she dreamed. Even the beloved honeybees she raises in her spare time aren't helping her feel better these days. In the grip of a panic attack, she nearly collides with Jake, a troubled, paraplegic teenager with the tallest mohawk in Hood River County while carrying 120,000 honeybees in the back of her pickup truck. Charmed by Jake's sincere interest in her bees and seeking to rescue him from his toxic home life, Alice surprises herself by inviting Jake to her farm. And then there's Harry, a 24-year-old with debilitating social anxiety who is desperate for work. When he applies to Alice's ad for part-time farm help, He's shocked to find himself hired. As an unexpected friendship blossoms among Alice, Jake, and Harry, a nefarious pesticide company moves to town, threatening the local honeybee population and illuminating deep-seated corruption in the community. The unlikely trio must reunite for the sake of the bees, and in the process, they might just forge a new future for themselves. Beautifully moving, warm, and uplifting, the music of the bees is about the power of friendship, compassion in the face of loss, and finding the courage to start over at any age when things don't turn out the way you expect, end quote. I'm not going to lie, this is a little more heartwarming or, 
I don't know, I guess sentimental than the things I typically select for myself to read. But something about it, I, I think it is, again, cycling back to the relationship thing that's really drawing me to the novel. And I am excited to read this. Um, and the song that I've matched with the book is You're All I Need to Get By by Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. This is probably my favorite song of all time. And I'm sure that you're all familiar, but here's a snippet. The sentiment, you're all I need to get by, seems to match the way the main characters rely on each other, and I can't wait to see if I'm correct. Hopefully you guys will pick up your own copy of The Music of the Bees and see if you agree with my selection. So that concludes my summer book list, but I felt like being meta today, so I have a bonus within the bonus episode, and it's my summer podcast recommendations. I'm constantly listening to things. I wake up and I shuffle my Taylist playlist, which is my Taylor Swift playlist. And then throughout the day, I'm playing different podcasts. Um, and it's basically just podcast music all day as I'm working on different things, reading different things. So um, here are some of my favorite podcasts lately. The first one came out a while ago. It came out um, January 2019. And it's called The Dropout. It's all about Elizabeth Holmes. And I've been going down such a rabbit hole. I think that she is a really fascinating person. You know, she's a huge fraud and I don't condone what she did, but it is so interesting to examine personalities like hers. Um, and I think it's like one of the most intriguing things. I think that the podcast is really well done. I think I would recommend it to pretty much anyone. I'm four episodes in having a great time. Um, so yeah, I think that it's really intriguing. And I know I'm a little late to the game on this, but I still think it's worth recommending because um, it's kind of like watching those mystery shows on TV where suddenly you've been watching it for two hours and you aren't going to stop because you want to know uh, the details of the crime or whatever happened. And I just find myself getting sucked in. I play it in the car all the time. It's really well done. It has interviews with all these different people involved. And for anyone not familiar with the situation, Elizabeth Holmes was the creator of this company, corporation called Theranos, which suggested that their company could test for hundreds of different diseases from one drop of blood, as opposed to, you know, the test tube that you fill in your normal blood tests, which, um, that's a really big claim to make. And the reason why it's called the dropout is because Elizabeth dropped out of Stanford when she was 19 years old. So I kind of wish it was true. That would be a wild story if this 19 year old college dropout created something that truly revolutionized the medical field, but that was not the case. Um, but Elizabeth's story is still really, really interesting 
to think about. So I'd recommend that podcast, The Dropout. It's created by ABC News. So my next one is Pod Save America. Um, Anyone who knows me knows that I'm constantly listening to this podcast. The episodes are pretty lengthy. They're usually like an hour and 20 minutes to an hour and 40 minutes. And it's given by um, four former speech writers for Barack Obama that post-2016 election, obviously were out of jobs and created this um, podcasting company called Crooked Media. They also have podcasts called Pod Save the World and others um, that I would also recommend, but I love Pod Save America because it's quick-witted. It really wonderfully wraps up the news of the day. The only thing I will say is that it's biased and I would not recommend that as your primary news source. I personally use it to supplement my um, news that I take in on the daily. And um, it kind of helps me inform my own opinions, but it's a great podcast. It's very entertaining, even if you don't agree with everything that they're saying. Um, If you are looking for something less biased, I would suggest, this is going into my third recommendation, any of the NPR One podcasts. So NPR One is an app. It's wonderful. I know I sound like an 80-year-old woman, but I love that app so much. You can turn it on. You get mixes of local news podcasts, national, global. That's a really wonderful way to get unbiased information on what is happening in your world. And they have, um, they just have a really wide range of podcasts. They also have non-news podcasts there are different things about science and um basically everything under the sun is on the npr one app i think it's like the most entertaining app because the news flow is constant um an alternate form of entertainment leads me to my fourth recommendation which is the crime junkie podcast And I love this podcast so much. It is kind of scary. I tend to avoid listening to it late at night, but um, it's basically like a criminal minds or law and order in podcast form. It's these two women that tell these stories. It's very colloquial, um, well done. The narratives are very succinctly explained while still being interesting and I think that it's a great podcast um they have a ton of episodes out so if you're if you have any long drives this summer to the beach or anywhere else I would recommend listening to that if you're into criminal minds or anything like that um and for any Taylor Swift fans out there they did an April Fool's episode based on no body no crime which is the first episode I listened to Um, And that's a great one. They basically built an episode around one of her songs. So that's a cool thing too, to be able to listen to the song and see how it translates to the story. And my last podcast recommendation is a podcast called Seven Tracks. And this is a podcast that basically has a new celebrity or artist on every week and they choose seven tracks that describe their life in different situations. Um, And I actually don't know a lot of the celebrities that have been on the podcast. The only one I do know is Yara Shahidi, who I I absolutely adore. I think that she's brilliant. So that's how I first listened. She was the first episode. Um, And even not knowing these people, it's really interesting to see how music informs the lives of others. And I also, while listening, like to 
ask myself what songs I would choose, which is kind of what inspired this episode, actually. I think that the songs that I chose are a pretty good representation of myself and my music taste and the things that I'm drawn to. So yeah, um, none of you asked for the podcast recommendations, but books, music, podcasts are basically my main um, media of choice. So I hope that you enjoy any of the things that I've recommended, any of the songs, any of the books, any of the podcasts, a fraction as much as I do. With all of that being said, thanks for joining me on today's episode. Come back tomorrow to hear my discussion about Angie Thomas's The Hate You Give with Julia Zacker.